Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Everyone knows that we have a major problem in Ireland building things. It costs too much. There are too much too much red tape and there are too many objections and of course planning takes too long. Only today a report said that 45,000 homes are stuck in the planning system. Planning has indeed turned into a whipping boy for anyone and anything that can't get a project built. But is that fair? Gavin Lawler is the Vice President with the Irish Planning Institute and joins me now. Good morning, Gavin. Morning. Well, Gavin, are your members the grit in the gears when it comes to getting things approved? Um, no. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's not the members themselves, but rather the system. I mean, uh, our members would be just as frustrated as... as um, others in terms of how long it takes to deal with issues and, and matters. I mean, there's a constant change, there's a constant attempt to make change um, by by others to try and f- uh, fix ex- essentially what is a broken system. And, and as we understand it today, we're, we're actually going to get a new planning act, um, which is hopefully going to help to fix some of those bigger potholes that are, are, are causing the delays. So, so what will this new planning act change? Um, we don't know, honestly. Um, uh, what are you hoping for? Of, What's your wish list? Well, well, I think one of the first things would be to try and streamline um, uh, and the the planning process and uh, put more definitive timelines in place, uh, particularly for onboard planola. That's a challenge, obviously, um, because onboard planola have um, uh, had a resourcing issue. It's it, the minister has gone about uh, fixing that at the moment, but uh, nonetheless, they have had and, and they have a backlog as a result, um, quite a significant backlog. And is that anything um, to do with the fact that the vice chairman or deputy chairman had to step back last July? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, he stepped back last July and then the chair resigned in October. Um, uh, not not related, but nonetheless, the, the, it, the essentially um, the uh, board was rudderless. It didn't have um, a, a legal remit to, to make decisions and so effectively hasn't made any real decisions since November of last year so through ju- to ju- ju- the end of this month. So just so I understand that, um, and Board Planola cannot make decisions unless it's got a, a vice chairman. Unless it's got a vice chair or chair. Unless it's got a, a you know a, a head, we'll, we'll call it a, a principal in play to sign off the orders. Okay, well you, you might have seen in today's papers, according to Mitchell McDermott, uh, 59% of 2022 strategic housing development applications to onboard Planola have yet to be decided upon. And they're saying that there are 45,000 homes stuck in the planning system. Yep, uh, absolutely. Uh, S- <clears throat> SHD has been a huge um, bubble of work for onboard Planola. Uh, they were doing very, very well up until the controversy over the deputy chair. And um and until they, they lost a number of board members. When the deputy chair resigned last year, a number of other board members came to the end of their tenure. Because of the controversy, the minister chose to change the appointment, um, uh, the way that board members are appointed. And that resulted in the fact that we didn't have enough board members even to, to, to make decisions, even when they could between July and, and, and October. So you had essentially a, a slowing down to a trickle of, of, of decisions. Yeah. When, when the deputy chair resigned and the other board members resigned, what what actually started to happen is the board started to miss what were mandatory deadlines and, and as a consequence, uh, had to pay a fine back to the developers of €10,000 per SHD application. Which is from, tax, which is from taxpayers' money. 
Well, no, it's from the, the, the applicant's own money. So the applicant p- pays a substantial fee for, for the planning application. So now, they get a refunded effect. In terms of objections, um, there have been efforts to trim or reduce or even remove judicial reviews to planning uh, objections. Is that happening? Where there, there, the talk is, there have been some amendments on judicial review where they've sought to um, limit the consequences of them. So heretofore, uh, be- uh, before the most recent change, if you were successful in your ju- judicial review against any decision, essentially decision, the courts were, were taking the p- uh, position that they were just simply striking out the whole permission, the whole application, and you had to go back to, and start at go again right from the very beginning, remake your planning application. It's as if the application wasn't even made in the first instance. Such a waste. Yes, absolutely. So now um, the situation is that unless there's a a fatal flaw legally, um, the courts are instructed that if the board have made an error, and everybody makes errors, um, that it's it's sent back to them to fix that error. So that's the first positive change. Um, The other big thing that's being talked about, but we haven't seen, and I think it's sort of dangerous to speculate until we actually see the legislation, but the other thing that has been talked about is to limit who can take judicial review. Um, and this is because there has been um, uh, allegations. People have that objected are, who don't even live in this country to a, a road being built in, in in some part of the country. You can, absolutely. Um, and it has happened uh, where people who've uh, written in from the US or elsewhere um, who have family ties to an area have objected to a road. Um, but you don't actually have to live in Ireland to object to an Irish planning application. Isn't that? Within, but don't you as a planner feel that is ridiculously unfair? Since they're, well, not, I think they're not materially impacted. Yes, I, I do think it's unfair. I do think it's improper. Um, that they, and, and, and in many other jurisdictions, you have to actually have uh, some sort of, of skin in the game, so to speak. You have to be from the community or you have to be affected in some way in order to have the right to appeal. Um, but there are others who will then say that uh, it's proper that uh, NGOs or people interested in climate change or people interested in um, sort of more global issues um, within a society or within uh, the world should be allowed to comment on things like um, large power stations, which have, you know, climactic effects. Mm. So th- th- there, there's a there's a, a commune of people who would believe that dem- uh, if you're going to have a democratic system, it should be fully democratic. Okay. Uh, now, according to the Irish Examiner today, six of the 12 member ruling council of the Irish Planning Institute have resigned in recent months. Uh, is that true? Uh, sorry? Six of the 12 member ruling council of the Irish Planning Institute have resigned in recent months in protest at the, at the direction of the Institute. This is in the, uh, in the paper this morning. Not true. No. Six members haven't resigned. Uh, Two of the members didn't take up their positions when the council started in July. So um, one of the members resigned because of family reasons. Another member resigned because of uh, issues in relation to um, uh, an action that the council took, which is not, it's not um, uh, a direction as such. And then, so we're we're up to four now, and that's and two have resigned on the basis on principle on the basis of a decision that we took at a, at a or we're we're going to take at a council meeting. Okay, well, you're still very much in post, Gavin, as the vice president. That's Gavin Lawler, the vice president of the Irish Planning Institute, and we'll have more on the log jams in planning at ten past seven on News Talk Breakfast. Breakfast business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.